before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your first purchase. That's promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Everybody, welcome to Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Monday, February 15th, 2021. Hope everyone out there had a safe, happy Valentine's Day. If you have a significant other that you were able to enjoy your time with, I hope you did, honestly. We're moving on here, though. We're moving on here, and I want to talk about the news that broke on... Well, it broke on Thursday, and I teased it on Friday's show, but we're going to spend an entire segment talking about it today, and that is Nomar Mazzara outfielder formerly last year was with the Chicago White Sox spent a large majority of his career in Texas with the Rangers was acquired by the Detroit Tigers a one-year deal worth a measly 1.75 million dollars bit of a sidebar here but it's so odd that like when I see 1.75 million dollars in baseball terms I go oh my god that's chump change anyone out there listening to this would take 1.75 million dollars a year in in a heartbeat so just, I don't know, just a ra- random little uh, observation by Chris Castellani. I've never claimed to be Carlin with my uh, uh, observational humor. But he spent his first four years in Texas, like I said. And this was a guy who I was high on early in his career. His first year in Texas played 145 games, 739 OPS in his rookie season with 20 home runs and 64 runs batted in. Finished fifth in the Rookie of the Year voting, and that was 2016. No, it's where I remember 2015 was a historically good rookie class. You had Correa, and you had Lindor, and you had James McCann. You had some other players that are still making big impacts in Major League Baseball today. But I do remember thinking at the time that the 2016 class was every bit as good because you had Fulmer, and you had Gary Sanchez, and you had Tyler Naquin, and you had Chris Davinsky, and you had Nomar Mazzara. And I thought Mazzara, with his raw power especially, was going to end up being one of the better ones from that class, and it's so weird how that works. Now, Mazzara is only going to be 26 years old, so in that aspect, much like the the Renato Nunez signing, I like that move. I like getting guys who could potentially have some upside, guys who maybe quite haven't found it yet at the major league level, but you look at Omar, Nomar Mazzara's numbers. In terms of his OPS, he got better every year his first four years in the league. 739 OPS to 745 to 753 to 2019. Had a career high with a 786 OPS. Never been a a good defender. His highest war season was 0.7. He did that twice, both in 2018 and 2019. So there's a lot of detriments to his game. But like I said, when I talked about the Renato Nunez signing, it would be hypocritical to me not to point out what potential holes these players may be filling in this lineup. So through his first four years, not a great player, not a world beater, a below league average 
OPS plus through his first four years, but only going to be 25. Then he was traded to the Chicago White Sox a year ago, a trade that, full disclosure, I was really high on. I thought that was a good move for Chicago. You get a guy with a lot of raw power going to a hitter's park, playing for a team that was ready to contend in Chicago. And last year in 42 games, Nomar Mazzara was was miserable. I mean, he only played 42 games, one home run, a dismal 295 on base percentage, and an even worse 589 OPS. And I've, I've said many times, for the most part last year, I take very little out of what most players did. Cody Bellinger had a pretty so-so season a year ago. With that said, there are those certain guys who put up such staggeringly bad or staggeringly good numbers that you do kind of have to turn your turn your head and go, okay, wait a minute. Maybe we need to look at this guy and reevaluate. And Nomar Mazzara was one of those guys. It's also worth noting that Cody Bellinger's won an MVP. He's won Rookie of the Year. He's now won a World Series. If there's a guy who's earned the benefit of the doubt, it's probably him, not Nomar Mazzara. Mazzara was truly awful a season ago, and for that reason, that's why he's only worth $1.75 million to the Tigers this year. Now, the question that will be asked is, what player is going to show up for Detroit this year? Was what he did last season indicative of the kind of player that he's going to be for the remainder of, of his career, or was it a blip on the radar? I am as critical of the front office as anybody, but I'm willing to venture the Tigers signed Nomar Mazzara, believing wholeheartedly that last year was more likely a mirage than it was the status quo for Nomar Mazzara. I do think he will be better. But here's the problem. And again, this is only a one-year signing. It's not going to cripple him. He'll probably be out of here in one year anyway. Best case scenario, he hits some home runs and you trade him at the deadline. But I I talk about him, or I talk about Renato Nunez, or I talk about Wilson Ramos, and I've been been critical of the signings, and I've I've been complimentary about the things that deserve compliments. I've said, hey, you know what? With Robbie Grossman, not a great signing by any means, but this is a team full of guys that don't get on base. You get a guy who draws a fair amount of walks. Okay, good. There. That's that's not a, a drastic improvement, not a world beater, but that's something to hang your hat on. But when you're going four or five signings deep, and there's not a single guy that you can point to right now and say that's a feared hitter, that's a that's a dangerous bat in the lineup, you start to get pretty frustrated. Like, yes, Wilson Ramos will by default be the best catcher on the Detroit Tigers in 2021. I made that very clear up front. Now, you actually can't do worse than what they've done over the last several years, but that's beside the point. Robbie Grossman, a better outfielder defensively, a better outfielder option both in the lineup and in the field than what Kristen Stewart was or wasn't going to bring you. Absolutely 100%, but that doesn't mean that the team isn't still tanking. It doesn't mean that they aren't still incredibly cheap, and it doesn't mean that they aren't still awful. Like I know there's people who think that I'm overly critical, but I this year, and maybe I have been in the past, right? This year, this offseason, I don't think I have been. I really don't. I think I've been, I think I've gone out of my way to be more complimentary than I probably should be because a, a team that respects themselves and respects their fan base that's trying to be good would look at an offseason full of Renato Nunez's, Robbie Grossman's, Wilson Ramos's, and, and Nomar Mazzara's and, and throw up in their mouths and Jose Urania's. Yes, I know you're disappointed that football is over, but college basketball is in full swing. And guess what? We're only a few weeks away from March Madness. And there's one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% 
welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book expert. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. I've defended them at points because I do think that there are certain elements to some of these signings that will lead to slight improvement. And I do still believe that. Robbie Grossman will get on base more than almost anybody else on the team. If Nomar Mazzara picks up where he left off in 2019, then that's a guy who will probably hit 20 homers for you if he if he stays healthy, which is something that nobody on this team has done since 2018. They are average, serviceable major league players. That means nothing at this point. Who Who cares? Is serviceable to average what we've wanted out of this rebuild? Is serviceable to average the kind of players that we've hoped that Chris Illich and Avila would go out and get? I don't think so. And it's not a knock on Nomar Mazzara. In fact, I I do think he'll probably be better this year. I do think he'll club some home runs and and may add something to this team. But when when we talk about adding something, what does that mean? So so that means instead of 105 losses, it's going to be 100. That's the bar. Five years into a rebuild, that's the bar. That's that's the, the barometer. That's what they've set for themselves. God, that's, like, it's just so frustrating to me. I was talking about it on, on Discord. I, I have a, a Tigers group chat. I have a lot of fun chatting with those, with those people and talking with them about Tigers baseball. And it was it was Saturday night. I was just seething. I just get so frustrated when I talk about the, kind, the caliber of player that's being brought in here. It's not that they're awful players necessarily. Some of them are, are objectively pretty good or have had objectively good careers. But adding all of them is essentially the difference between 100 losses in 97, or like I just said, 105 losses in 100. It is very funny how this works out, and it's a principle that's been in baseball for, oh, I don't know, a million years at this point, but teams that spend a lot of money get good players, get great players, get get players that can make a difference for you. George Springer's going to be plugged into Toronto's lineup in day one and is going to make that team five, six games better if he stays healthy, of course. That's one guy. If you add up Every signing the Tigers have had this offseason and live under the assumption that every one of them turns back the clock and has a career year, you're still looking at a 70-win baseball team. That's how low they aim. And it's year what? I, I mean, I say five, four, five of the rebuild. You know, we're splitting hairs at that point. We're too deep into this for the signings to be this underwhelming every single time. Lastly, and I didn't expect to go off on, on the, the tangent that I just went on, but two more things real quick, and this will probably take up the entire show, and, and, and that's that's fine. Uh, somebody brought this up, is will Nomar Mazzara be the starting right fielder? And I guess the answer to that now is, is probably yes. I am a bit surprised by that because this organization, and I've talked about it many times, and Tiger's Twitter has, has barked about it a million times, but the organization loves Victor Reyes. And I don't love Victor Reyes. I think he's okay. I I think what they've gotten out of him is probably more than anyone expected we would get out of him. He was a Rule 5 pick in 2018. Over the last two years, by his standards, not by the standards of a good Major League Baseball team, but by his standards, he's been pretty good 
I felt like the Tigers were happy with his development. I, w- I assumed he would probably be a starting outfielder in 2021. That's up for grabs now. Him and Mazar, I think, are going to fight for that spot. I personally have no problem with that. I'm fine with competition. Victor Reyes' ceiling is not particularly high. And from the beginning, I've been in that chorus of people who've said, you know what? I think Victor Reyes, as a fourth outfielder, as an off-the-bench option, you know what, man? You could do a lot worse. I think Victor Reyes, at his best could be a really good off-the-bench start a couple times a week option for a good team. Not a starting left fielder for a bad team, which is what he is now, but a solid fourth or fifth outfielder would be really good. And with Mazzara and him potentially fighting for a spot, the idea of Reyes coming off the bench, that's not horrible. Now again, not horrible is not a ringing endorsement, and not horrible has kind of been the state of of this entire offseason, I guess. I mean, I would argue this offseason has been horrible for this this organization in terms of how I view, view the rebuild, but I'm going to save that until we start the season to really talk about, you know, where, where I stand on things regarding this organization and this rebuild. But I'll give you a little preview. I am monumentally disappointed and frustrated and angered. I, I feel lied to completely by this organization for how they've gone about their business this offseason. And I'll rant about it another day. I've spent, I've done enough talking about Nomar Mazzara to last me a lifetime. But now you look at the, the makeup of this roster, I think there's realistically one more move that they will probably make, and that is I do believe they will sign another starting pitcher. I don't believe that they are confident in the idea of having Mize and Scooball start the year on the Major League roster. I've said many times, and I don't want to repeat myself, but I will say it again. I have said many times I'd be totally fine with that. I'm fine with the youth movement. I'm fine with with starting these guys out at the Major League level. I'd be fine with Manning starting the year at the Major League level. But I do understand there's the service time nonsense, yada, yada, blah, 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 blah. I do think they'll, they'll sign another starting pitcher. There's not a whole lot of good guys available one that's been thrown around, I talked about this, I believe, on Friday's show, is Rick Porcello, and you know the idea of that makes me shiver, uh, which means it will probably end up happening. They'll probably end up signing him because he gives you innings. Rick Porcello, to me, is is no different than Ivan Nova at this point or, or any, other, uh, any of the other schmucks that they've signed over the last several years that are over the hill and aren't any good anymore. It was also worth noting, and I forgot to bring this up, with the acquisition of Nomar Mazzara, Travis Demerit, designated for assignment. He was picked up by his former organization, the Atlanta Braves, meaning that the only piece that remains from the Shane Green deal is now Joey Wentz, who's going to be coming off of Tommy John's surgery. Uh, He better be freaking good. You know, the pressure once again remains on Alavila, as it always should be, because I I am extremely frustrated with, with the cheapness of this organization. That falls on Chris Illich. Al Avila cannot control the budget that he's given. That falls completely on ownership. What Al Avila can control are the trades. Who he's dealing, who he's getting back in those deals. And Shane Green, when the Tigers traded for him, was having the best year of any closer in baseball that year. If you want to say Hayter was having a better year in the National League, fine. But he was, at the very least, the best closer in the AL that season. Now, yes, there were advanced numbers that showed that he was probably going to come back down to earth a little bit, which he did. I still like Shane Green. He was he was pretty good last year for the Braves as well. But right now, that is looking like another trade where you may not get back a single serviceable 
major league player. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm just being too negative. This is probably a very pessimistic podcast, but I don't know how to spin that positively. They traded away Shane Green, and I was for that. I said, good, Shane Green will never be as good as he is right now. The value will never be as high as it is right now. Go ahead and deal him. He's got a, another year plus of, of team control. See what you can get for him. And they got back Joey Wentz and Travis Demerit. Travis Demerit is now gone, and Joey Wentz blew his arm out. That's the state of things, people. That's where we are, unfortunately. So that'll do it for another pessimistic, I can't, pessimistic, right? I, I keep, I've, I've recorded that line like four times. Pessimistic episode of Locked on Tigers. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. And I, I do need to point out, because sometimes I say when I get positive reviews, sometimes I say when I get negative reviews, I've gotten some, some very positive ones recently, and they aren't just, and again, I appreciate all feedback, especially positive feedback, but they aren't just all, hey, this guy's great, five stars. The the You, you have gone in depth with some of your critiques and or praise of this program, and it's been very, very meaningful, because I really was worried there for a while both during the season and and in the offseason, that I just wasn't connecting. And I feel like I'm getting better with it. I think this podcast is getting better. I'm proud of what we're talking about. I'm proud of what we're doing. I'm proud of the fact that we have expanded beyond just Tiger's Talk because sometimes Tiger's Talk gets a little bit boring. And, and we've talked about things that I think are important without really kind of jumping the shark. I, I think this podcast is getting better. So I appreciate all of your feedback, especially the positive feedback. You are all very important to me. I will be right back here on Wednesday talking about more baseball news, hopefully a little bit more Tigers news. I will see you then. Everybody have a great rest of your day and go Tigers.